the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As believers, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome to the believer's journey. I want to thank everyone for joining me. I want to thank everyone for listening to our program, for sharing our program. We really do appreciate all of you who share the program to your contacts, your friends. And I want to thank all those who sponsor our our program, our ministry. Uh, We have like Guerrero uh, CPA, we have Guerrero Law, we have Trade Show Displays, and we have Allison and Thompson Insurance. I just want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting us. I also want to thank all of you who do support individually from uh, your own pocket for your own self. You are not forgotten. Believe me, um, we wouldn't survive without you. And uh, I want to thank everyone who uh, subscribes to our program and watches this and so forth. It's really uh, an honor for the Believer's Journey to you uh, for all of that you do for us. Well, today I've got my Aloha Christmas shirt on. You can see it's all colorful with Christmas colors. And I want to talk today about the Christmas debate. There are so many people in the world today who feel like, well, Christmas isn't uh, one to be celebrated or, or Christmas is to be celebrated. We have a lot of, you know, controversy on all sides of the coin. Uh, but just before we get into that, I do want to mention that we are doing a fundraiser, uh, uh, the Believer's Journey is, for a group in Pakistan. Uh, this group uh, is trying to collect uh, food boxes, or we call them Christmas boxes, for uh, 100 families. Now, if you remember, I mentioned back in September that in August there were 100 uh, homes that were burnt to the ground, and these people lost everything they had, they owned. They lost all their food, their clothing. They didn't have one, running water. It was just really bad. So what uh, this pastor in, in uh, Pakistan is doing, he's collecting 100 boxes or $25 each, uh, filling with food and staples and things to give to these people for as Christmas presents. Um, and so we have taken up the Rains to collect five, uh, 50 boxes. So we're asking you, if you so desire or felt led to, go to our website. It's www.thebelieversjourney.net. And at the top, you'll see where it says donate. Every donation that comes in between now and the 19th of December, we're going to give to this program where they're giving those boxes and you know, food to these people. So we have now about uh, maybe 29 boxes collected. Uh, they are $25 each. You can help as many boxes as you want. Uh, there are people who have uh, given for several boxes and some for one box. It doesn't matter. Everything will help. This uh, pastor is a pastor for 16 different congregations. He really does a hard work. 
and um, I find him legitimate, and it's really important that we help these people, uh, especially since they are one of us. Okay, so let's get into our topic. I don't want to spend a whole hour. This is just me. I'm sure you don't want to hear me for an hour talking. So what do, what we want to, my question is here, why do we celebrate Christmas? That's the big question. Because um, I hear many people uh, give multitude of reasons why we should not celebrate Christmas. And for example, and I'm going to talk about you know, five of them, or four plus one, we'll put it that way, and we'll go on. So the first one was Jesus was not born on December 25th, nor was he born on January 7th. Why I mention January 7th is because uh, Eastern Orthodox churches, they celebrate on January 7th. If all of you Westerners don't understand that, that's just because of the different church backgrounds and how they want to place it on the calendar. So that's one big comment right there is Jesus wasn't born on that day, so why should we celebrate uh, his birthday or Christmas on that day? The second one will be that during the time of the winter solstice, you know, was created by man to worship pagan gods. Okay, so there's your second reason I hear all the time of, that people want to bring up uh, not to celebrate Christmas. The third one is a Christmas tree is a symbol of pagan worship. Okay, so there's your third reason. And your fourth is Santa Claus is a fictional character whose red suit was created by a soda company, okay, and whose sole purpose is to create greed and make retailers more money. Okay, I don't want to argue a lot about that one because I kind of have a halfway to agree on some of that. But the fifth one is none of these that I've just mentioned above are written in the Bible. So there's your five reasons why people are giving, you know, your multitude of reasons why they do not want to or believe we should celebrate Christmas. <clears throat> so let's let's go on. So I'm going to admit uh, on my belief system and my study and my research that Jesus was not born in the winter months. He was not born January 25th, January, I'm sorry, December 25th, January 7th. Um, First off, shepherds would not be in the fields at that time. It's winter time. Okay, they're going to be in the fields when they could eat the grass, not the snow. Okay, let's just start there. I mean, that's just that's just common sense. Okay. Secondly, people always wonder where do we get the date December twenty fifth. A lot of people literally believe he was born on December twenty fifth. Well, where we get December twenty fifth is from. The emperor of Rome, okay, Constantine. Constantine was converted and became a Christian. And the Roman Empire um, basically had a day. It was December 25th that they worshipped all their gods. It was the God Day, I guess. I don't think that's what they called it, but I'm going to call it that. And then what happened is he felt like we, he wanted to overshadow that by worshipping Jesus, I'm celebrating Jesus' birthday on that day. So he uh, basically commanded that we celebrate uh, the day of Jesus' birth on December 25th. I don't think that uh, he was doing anything that was uh, paganistic. I really believe he was truly a, a believer. I think he was truly a uh, convert. I just think that um, 
he just didn't have the research behind him to pick his dates. I mean, he did the same thing with uh, worshiping on Sunday or opposed to Saturday, the same difference. But, you know, misguided a little bit, but doesn't take away the fact that he was truly a, a believer in Jesus. And so I think we need to understand that. Okay. Now, also... Um, and, and, and let me go on on, on December 25th, uh, because I think this is important. Um, we say if, if December 25th isn't Jesus' birthday, then why are we celebrating December 5th when it's not his birthday? I really do understand this. And the reason why I understand this is because I have a brother. His name is Glenn. He is my youngest brother, and he was born on December 25th. Okay. Now, I really feel sorry for my brother because when it came around to our birthdays, you know, mine's in May and we have it in April, we have one in uh, September and so forth, October, everybody get lots of presents. But my brother Glenn, because his birthday was on December 25th, got one birthday present and then the rest is Christmas. And we got all our Christmas presents, but we also got a, um, a whole bunch of birthday presents. Well, he only got one. So he felt cheated. So what my mom did one time, he says, well, let's celebrate your birthday in July. So instead of September, I mean, December 25th, we did July 25th. Now, again, he felt like, well, this isn't fair. It's not really my birthday. And he didn't feel right about it. He might have gotten more presents, but it still wasn't the thing. It wasn't his birthday. Uh, right now, as an adult, he, wor- he he celebrates his birthday on December 25th, and I call him every December 25th not to say ha- Merry Christmas, but to say Happy Birthday. So it's really important to him. Now, why I say all this is because that's kind of the argument we all have about celebrating Jesus' birthday on the wrong day. However, when I was a teenager, and I became a Christian when I was 16, when I was older, 18 or so, and I was having a discussion with my pastor, and he said, well, you know, we know that Jesus was not born on December 25th. And I says, really? You know, we had this whole Christmas discussion. And then he happened to say, well, you know, we believe, or most scholars believe, it was probably in October, sometime in the fall. Oh, and so we went to this whole thing, and, I, and more I became older, and the more I started research, the more I found that that probably is more accurate is sometime in October. What day in October? We have no idea. But it, that lands it to be true. Also, he wasn't born in the year zero, okay, as some people would believe. It's more like, you know, 4 B.C. Uh, we have um, historical uh, data, I think, that brings Herod in killing the babies around 2 BC. So I think that lends it to Jesus was about a year and a half or so when that all happened. So we can place his birth around 4 BC sometime probably in October. Now I do know there are some uh, theologians that think it could be in March. I don't lend to that, but some people do and that's okay. It's just that it's not December 25th. Okay. So that's, that's that. So let's go about the winter solstice, okay? It's interesting that the, the thing is, is that people don't want to celebrate Jesus' birthday because pagans worshipped their gods on the winter solstice. But if I remember right, I believe it was God that created the winter, winter solstice, not the pagans. And so I think what we do is we start either making up excuses that don't relate so we don't have to or don't do the Christmas day, 
or or we just aren't educating ourselves and we just don't realize that hey it doesn't matter what pagans did look at what god has done god created the winter solstice god created this um it's a beautiful time but the the amazing thing is is that we celebrate christmas at a time in the winter when things are dark and gloomy and sad and it's a nice time to brighten it up and you know be joyful and give all this in the world that jesus came to give and i'm not sure it's important that we worry about the day as we worry about the spirit of the reason why he came and who he is and that's really what it what it is all of you who want to claim that you're not legalistic but you want to live that way then you're being legalistic okay so it's about the spirit of jesus not necessarily the actual day and i think that's what's really what really important <clears throat> okay i think that uh we need to look at what christmas is and not uh and think about it, what God intended it to be. Because we, we look at it today, we look around us, and we see that this isn't what, what Christmas is supposed to be about. This isn't what God intended. And I think that's a real huge factor in why people don't want to uh, celebrate Christmas, why they want to turn away from the idea of Christmas. You know, we look at all the lights. We look at the great big trees. We looked at the look at the multitude of presents. You know, and then we turn to the side and we see this little bitty nativity scene amongst the big tree and the big lights and, you know, big presents. And we see how small and how insignificant we put the whole idea of Jesus' birth into place and into focus. So what happens is we either get a shaded view of Christmas, okay, or we get caught up in modern day retail uh, version of Christmas, or we even dismiss Christmas altogether, and we find uh, every reason not to celebrate. I believe we Christian type people, we need to do a reset, okay, uh, and discover or rediscover Christmas. I, I think that's that's basically what I want to talk about today. Is uh, we need to have a, a refocus. And that'll really help us in in our walk. It'll help us in our idea of Christmas. Whether we know something's not true or true, we can live in a, in a way that's focusing on the real true meaning of, G, of Jesus, of the real true meaning of Christmas and the reason for the whole season. Okay? So let's walk through the real reason, okay, of why we celebrate Christmas, okay? We want Christmas uh, to be about what it's about okay uh, basically it, that makes a real uh, small way to put that but that's really what it's about we need to see christmas with new eyes okay we need basically an intervention so here's an intervention to help you see christmas differently but before i walk through all of these areas uh, i want to headline with this i wrote this jesus ultimate purpose for coming to mankind was to restore us human type people to God so that we may have an intimate relationship with God and live forever with him. Okay. There's your reason. There's there in, in a nutshell that puts it all together right there. And, and I would think that this encompasses everything that I'm going to say because it falls into this phrase I just mentioned 
and that's important. Okay, so let's begin to look at the nativity scene. Okay, or what we call the manger scene. Okay, we all think it's only about the baby Jesus. But if that's all we see, we're, we're missing uh, a large part of the story of Christmas, the story of what's going on that day or that time or that period. Okay, so we need to look around at the surroundings and the events the baby Jesus was born into. Okay, so first of all, Let's look at the manger. The manger is a feeding trough, okay? Most likely it was made of stone. It was a rock, okay? Um, and it was in a cave, and it fed animals, okay? So this is what Jesus was born on and placed on, was on to uh, a manger, a stone, okay? A feeding trough, if you will, okay? It was in a cave, not in some hotel, not in some nice, pretty manger. They weren't all wearing white, and they weren't, you know, it, it just wasn't this basic pretty scene we see all the time, okay? Let's just take, just really look at this in this purpose, okay? Now, Jesus was born on this rock, and he was born into a world that the world wanted to kill him, just because he was born or just for being born. I mean, you need to let that sink in for a second. So how would you like it if somebody wanted to kill you just because you were born? Um, now, many of you know that Hawaii is, is my home and I love Hawaii and and, uh, and it's just where I go there every, every so often and visit and it's just, I love it there. Well, there's a, there's a king there called King Kamehameha, and um, this is a true story. He was born in the north part of um, the Big Island, Hawaii. And what they did was they took him as a child and, and they placed him in this valley away from where he was born in hiding because, because he was born, people wanted to kill him. The reason they wanted to kill him, because one day he would be king. Okay? So, therefore, to eliminate him, that would bring on somebody else to be king instead. They would, they would just do this. And this was the purpose. This is the same with Jesus. Okay? Herod went out to send people out, his soldiers out, to kill Jesus because, you know, he was born to be king. And Herod wanted to eliminate that. And so understand, this is the picture that Jesus was born into. Okay, this is one of the ideas. This was a, and this happened about a year after Jesus was born. <clears throat> okay, and what you see in this picture of this nativity scene is you see a picture of death. You see a picture of soldiers murdering babies. You see a picture of women weeping and crying because their babies were being murdered. Now, mind you, this happened a year after Jesus was born, but it's still part of the scene. It's still part of the world that Jesus was born into. So we're not talking about Jesus' day of birth here. We're talking about the picture of Jesus when he came in, the season he came in, the purpose he came in, you know, the reason he came in. Okay? Now, let's take another look at the nativity scene. Okay, and we'll, we want to look at that. And what we have is we have 
Joseph, we have the baby, we have Mary. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to remove Joseph and we want to remove Mary. And we even want to remove Jesus for a second, okay, off the nativity scene. And we have the stone. What's left? The swaddling cloth, okay? That swaddling cloth is a story in unto itself, okay? Um, the swaddling cloth was for baby Jesus, okay? But then it's also for Jesus in the tomb, Okay? Now, for a moment, I want you to look at the gifts of the wise men uh, that, that was brought to Jesus, frankincense, frankincense and myrrh. Now, frankincense and myrrh were spices that were used um, for, for burial, okay? But they were given to Jesus at his birth, or actually, if they got there in time, they would be at his birth. But they were a, a picture of his death, of the future burial scene that we're going to have, okay, of Jesus. Interesting focus here as, as we re-look at everything here. That's the picture of the nativity scene. That's the picture of the time frame, not necessarily the day, but the, the overall picture of what's going on in the world that Jesus was born into. Okay, and understand, when we look at this swaddling cloth, it was there in the tomb when, when they rolled away the stone, and Jesus was no longer there. The tomb couldn't hold him. He rose from the, the grave, but the swaddling cloth was there. Okay, interesting, interesting focus. Okay, now let's talk about Christmas trees. We're told uh, that they're pagan, that they're not in the Bible, we're told that they don't uh, they can represent the god of fertility, okay? And uh, what happens is all these pagan people uh, worship the god of fertility, and they uh, uh, would worship these trees, okay? And they're uh, they're evergreen, so they re represented eternal life, um, and they worshipped them. And so in this we have pagan worship. They are the symbol of idolatry. So why do we have a Christmas tree when it represents all of these things, these things of the world, these things that are, that are not godly at all, okay? See, when God created the Garden of Eden, when he created the world, okay, he filled it full of trees. And he filled the trees full of fruit. Now, he did this to make the world beautiful, a more beautiful place. He had Adam name the trees, okay? They're a big part of the creation of the world. Um, now, in particular, there were two trees that were brought to our attention in the garden, which is uh, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil was one tree that God said we were not supposed to eat from. Okay, so we're going to hold that for a second, put it aside, and we're going to go forward. And we're going to go forward to the temple, God's temple. When God had the temple built, okay, he had placed in it an almond tree, okay, with a lampstand. He had uh, images of trees all around, and the branches had lights, 
Now, this was God's idea, not pagan's idea. So if God created trees in the beginning and in the garden, and God placed a tree in his temple and placed images of trees with lights in his temple, and this is not a pagan idea, this is God's idea, then what do we do with this? You see, the problem, the problem I have is that we want to give excuses for things done in the world and not go back and focus on God and what God has done in the world. And this is why I said we need to refocus. We need to redirect ourselves in the view of Christmas. Okay. So I want to go back to the two trees. Okay. Now, Adam ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and it said he would die and he died. Okay. He had a spiritual death and he had a physical death. Now the spiritual death, um, we believe that he most likely was uh, followed God in, in all purposes of, of, uh, of life, and only God is the judge for his salvation eternally, so that we cannot sit there and be a judge over that. So let me go on. But be, because he ate the fruit, okay, he could not return the fruit. So he did what he wasn't supposed to, and he was destined to die, but he couldn't return the fruit. All right? Um, so then we find in the scriptures that Jesus is called the second Adam. Okay? Um, and he is the only one that could return the fruit to the tree. So what did Jesus do? He put himself on the tree. And I want that to soak in. See, we want to be so against the Christmas tree, against trees, against all this stuff because of what the world is doing to represent all these things. But we, we don't want to put it in perspective. But what did God do? Look what Adam did. And now look what Jesus has done. See, redirection. That's what we're looking at, redirection. Now, let's go back to the swaddling cloth. I'm, I know I'm jumping around here. In the swaddling cloth, we have an image of the cloth wrapped around um, Jesus as a baby, okay? We also have an image wrapped around the body of Jesus crucified, okay? Who died on a tree. So, I guess when you see a tree, you see Jesus who put himself on a cross, made from a tree, and died for you. Okay, I hope you're letting this sink in because I think this is really important in our whole idea of what we want in, in looking at Christmas and the season. Okay, now there's Santa. Okay, <laughs> and the comment is he's not in the Bible. Okay, and I grant you that he's not in the Bible. But did you know there's a real Santa? Okay, his name is Nicholas. Um, and he was a devout Christian around uh, the 4th century. And this Nicholas inherited a lot of money when his parents died. So he was very wealthy. And he's from the Bishop of Myra, I believe it's called, which is now in modern-day Turkey. Okay, um, He's famous for his kindness to the poor and his generous gifts to children. Okay. Uh, he lived during a time and was present during the Council of Nicaea, okay? In fact, he was on the Council of Nicaea 
Uh, I think this is in uh, around 325 AD, I believe this is. And at the time, there were many theologians in the day and many people in the day that uh, in the church who wanted to reduce Jesus as just a mere man. But Nicholas was really against this and really not only spoke up harshly against this, but he was also physical about this as well. I mean, he was, it's kind of known or in writings that he was, was not a man of, of you know, sugarcoating things or uh, he would just stand up to you and walk away. He basically was a physical man. Okay. Uh, Nicholas was a real man who fought the enemy of the faith. He was given the name Saint Nicholas and became a legend worldwide. Now, I know that we see Santa Claus today as somebody in a red suit. Again, this Santa Claus in a red suit is given by a soda company. Um, you can look it up to know which soda company did this. It was uh, early on in the 1900s, I believe, or early, early 19th century. I'm not sure. And uh, we see him today at every store, every commercial that wants to buy this product, buy that product. It's, we see this Santa into the, the workings of, you know, our generation or, or more of buying gifts, giving gifts, you know, into the retail market. We see this with stores getting rich and people getting rich. And it's all about this marketing structure that, that's really gotten to us, okay? But that's not the real Nick, St. Nicholas who really started the giving to the poor and to the needy. And so that's where we need to focus that is who is Santa really? What is it that we need to look at when we think about the giving of gifts? We're giving to the poor, like this group I'm talking to you about in Pakistan, okay? These are people who are very poor, who are very needy, who can use uh, food, who can use a meal, who can use clothing, okay? They need help. I'm sure some of them need, a, need shelter at this point as well. So we need to look at that, and it's really important we, we refocus that again, okay? For me, I don't keep my focus on Santa Claus, you know, the, the, the modern day. To me, it's not a big deal. I don't, I don't look at that at all. I don't think I really ever have. Um, I look at, you know, a Santa as something or, or the spirit of giving is really how I see it. My, my uh, nephew, uh, his name is Daniel, came to live with me when he was about 12 years old. And he didn't believe there was a Santa at all whatever to do with him. Of course, I didn't say the Santa Claus was the guy who rides in the sleigh with a, you know, above our sky and he comes and drops in all these presents in our homes. I didn't, that wasn't it for me. It was about the gift of giving, the, the spirit of giving to others. And that's really where I tried to teach him while he was at a young age where he didn't have that idea at all. Okay. So Jesus came to die. Okay. Not as a baby. Okay but on his own terms. The death of Jesus was not the tragic end to the story. Okay, He came to offer his body uh, as a bread for the hungry and shed his blood to cover the sins of the guilty. So let's put Jesus back in the swaddling cloth. Okay, Let's put Mary back on the scene and Joseph back on the scene. So we have our nativity scene here. And this... As we look at them in this nativity scene, we want to 
look back at what I've been telling you about why we honor Jesus in this Christmas season. It's not because of all the retail stuff we look around. It's not because of of all the glitter and so forth. It's because of the giving. It's because of Jesus. It's because of the reason of why he came to be our Savior, uh, both when he was born and when he died, and then when he rose from the dead. So we need to understand all of this together is really the reason here. In the Gospel of Luke, in the second chapter, toward the end, there's a man named Simeon. And he says something that's very, very significant. <clears throat> he says this. For my, and I believe this is around verse 25, maybe 25 to 32, I'm not sure, but it's real close. Uh, Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, this is when Jesus is brought to the temple as a child, okay? And Simeon sees the child and was felt promised by God that he would see the Savior of the world before he would die. And here comes along this baby. He sees this. He, and he, he holds the baby and makes this proclamation here. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, in the light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people, Israel. Okay, so why do we why do we celebrate Christmas? Well, I just gave you all the reasons. We can sit there and claim that we don't want to celebrate it because of the date or because of the tree or because of whatever we want to do. But if we're going to sit like that and walk through life like that, then you're denying yourself the very joy and reason why Jesus came, who Jesus is what it's all about for us back then, today, for our future. And through all of this, we can see the reason for the season of Christmas. I want to thank you. Mahalo. You have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, a wonderful Christmas season. Aloha. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.